Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Celtic State of Mind, we're on time Brian. It's 12.30, it's Wednesday, I'm sitting in for Kev Graham and uh, I'm here today with Brian Degnan and the newest recruit to the Axon team, James McKenzie. How's it been? You've been in the, the main squad for the last three weeks, how are you finding it mate? It's great to be back on a good platform to talk about Celtic with some like-minded folk, it's, can you ask for much better? Exactly. Celtic state of mind. Um, and that's what it's all about. We're, we're all sharing the same state of mind and uh, not all, always sharing the same opinions, Brian Degman, but that, again, is what it's all about. We're going to be talking about, can you call it a rebuild, what Ange's doing this pre-season? It doesn't feel like a rebuild. Last pre-season was a rebuild because we were on the bones of our backsides and he, he rebuilt us. 
Um, but there is definitely a lot of work to be done, Brian. I mean, um, I take a note of all the players that are linked to Celtic, but by the end of the pre-season period, you're going to be into the dozens. Um, and you're trying to pinpoint where there's a bit of basis or where there are good sources involved. But it's pretty clear that he is looking for very specific areas to strengthen, Brian. Um, anybody who's been standing out in terms of those linked to us so far for you? Yeah, the, again, it's always funny talking about these guys were linked with because it could be the case that we never hear from them. Again, in a, a month or so, someone totally out the blue. I recall when um, Hugo appeared, that, that came from absolute nowhere. Yeah. So, uh, don't get me wrong, I would love another couple of Kyogos if we could get them, so uh, that'd be fine. But the, the, the person that I'm most excited about that we're linked with currently, and I, I, I'm not sure if this is how you see his name, but Vinicius Souza, mm. Brazilian, um, yep. 22 years old, defensive mid, uh, big unit, um, very, very strong defensively. And I think that's what we need. I've said before a few times, I think Cal McGregor's best position is a bit further forward. Kind of where Hitati plays mm. um, is that sort of box to box. I know he's six in the six, but I do concern sometimes that he, he, he's no strong defensively as he's going forward. So having a real strong presence in there um, would be good. And I don't know that I don't often buy into the the idea that we're physically weak because I think that games we lose, I don't think we often get bullied. Mm. Um, I, I think that if you look at you know. And I'm not comparing them, but teams like the Spain team, they won the World Cup, Euros, they were all wee short guys. They played their football. They yeah. didn't need big guys. Now, obviously, we don't have that level of ability in the squad. So you could offset that with a bit more physicality, especially since you've lost Roderick, who's like six foot two, Eton, who's like six foot four, mm. and things to Julien. So I do think we need a bit of physicality. And Vinicius, big Vinny, um, looks as if he can provide it. I also think as well, um, at 22 years old, he absolutely fits perfectly with what I think our model is going to be moving forward. And if we can get him playing well in the Champions League, you know, you're onto a, a, a winner there, even if it's not a, a future transfer. Big Vinny, he's already given him a nickname, James. Uh, that's what we do as Celtic fans. But a couple of good points here by Brian. The first one that I'm going to raise, obviously he's been in action in, uh, on international duty, Callum McGregor. I think if we look at the last two seasons in um, isolation with Callum McGregor, we know the uh, development of that player since he broke in under Ronnie Dyla. But the last two seasons, the disappointment of that campaign under Lenny, where after a couple of games he's coming out and basically it was almost like a plea for help. It was almost as if he was doing that blinking thing when he's been interviewed to say, all is not well, right? Um, <laughs> exactly. We don't know what we're doing. There isn't a game plan. And then you compare that to last season and the way, and we've said this a few times, the way that often... A game wasn't going Celtic's way. He grabs it by the scruff of the neck and we end up getting brought, you know, kicking and screaming, pulled back into a game by McGregor. I think we've seen a different side to him last, last season. Um, but where is he going to go next season in terms of his development? What type of Callum McGregor do you expect to see, James? Is it going to be, like Brian suggests, someone who is going to be more um, offensive? Or are you going to be looking for more of the same from Callum this season? I feel like it's going to be more of the same, but like Brian, I'd like to see him in a more attacking sense. I feel like he was at his best playing that attacking role under Rodgers. You just mm. look at the cup finals, for example, he played the goal against Motherwell, he scored. It was absolutely tremendous. I think he plays a lot, but he does well in the six. 
he does a very competent role there, but he's much better suited going forward. I think, especially in Europe, McGregor, he can't do that number six role alone by himself, which is why I think we're looking at Vinicius Sosa, a bit more of a bit more cover, stability, a bit of a powerhouse, and then defence stoppers getting overrun so quickly and so easily. Because if you look at our midfield three then out, it's I'd say our strongest midfield three is McGregor, Hatati, and Matt O'Reilly, mm. which is they're all players are very similar mould. So it's it's really encouraging that we're looking at a different sort of style of midfield, especially with near Beacon going out. That's the thing that you tend to forget because I don't think Beaton or Rogic were um, instantly recognisable as being uh, these kind of like uh, no athletic but you know combative style players. But when you do look at uh, the makeup of them, the physicality of them, uh, they definitely will be missed. And I think that one thing about Hatati that I'll be looking forward to next season is uh, to see a wee bit more of his physicality, Brian, because I think that he seemed to be off it a wee bit, not quite uh, to the same degree as the smile of sorrow, uh, but he was off it a wee bit and he was giving away a lot of fouls, but what he did show that he, he he had absolutely no qualms with getting involved with the physical side of the Scottish game, it might have just been that he was getting up to speed, up to tempo, um, but he may have that physicality, um, we've maybe just not seen it to the same kind of degree, Brian, do you think that will be part of Rio's game next season? Yeah, absolutely, I think it's a, a really key part of his game, even if you, you, I saw some footage of him when he was playing left back for his previous team as well, and he, he likes a tackle, he likes to throw himself around, and he's got that energy. Um, Hitati is a player that I really like. I remember when he, when he debuted, and I said at the time, and I thought it was one of the best debuts I'd seen, just in terms of that he just it was such a his off the ball work was excellent. Mm-hmm. Now, it did dip in and out a wee bit. So he came out probably and said he was fatigued. There was a lot of games, and he had already played a full season. Um, and I think he's only been playing, you know, professional for like three years or two years or something. Because I think in the Japanese, they tend to play at university and then come out and then start playing professionally. Yeah, yeah. He's things into account, so he's, he's relatively new to the game in a lot of ways. And I think he saw some incredible potential. And again, I think if that midfield dynamics right, where you've got someone really strong defensively, it allows those attacking players to sort of go where they will. And what I'm interested in seeing, I agree with James, I think, Bigger, Hatati O'Reilly seems the strongest three, but if you've got McGregor playing instead of Hatati and a stronger Susela Souza, then your sort of second three, if you will, would be Turnbull, Hatati, and Idiguchi. And that is quite an exciting midfield for me as well. Because by all accounts, Idiguchi we've not seen much of him, and he's not the biggest guy. Apparently he um he loves a tackle as well. He's really, really fast, likes to get about the park. Um, and I know if it comparisons we we can't take before in terms of we we saw when he first appeared, but I think imagine that maybe in a similar mode and that uses his pace and his positional sense to win the tackle as opposed to sheer brute strength. Um, so I think there's so much to come. I mean, we talk about just Hitati next season, but do you think a Matt O'Reilly with full preseason, Jack mm-hmm. Marquez with full preseason? I mean, it's it's an incredibly exciting Abada. How good could he be next season? Yeah, Jota, if we, we get the deal of the line he settles and he's now fully integrated into that team and it's a really, really exciting time and I think the other thing that's going to help the, the midfield since we're talking about that is the fact that big uh, Carter Vickers is here. So you've got that continuity at the back as well. So the players in front of him have got the confidence that the big man's right behind you. Mm-hmm. 
that helps his fullbacks, that helps the midfielders, who then helps the attackers. So there's so much to be excited about. It's, um, there's not other than the Cutler Vickers side, which is great. There's not much else happened yet, and I'm already absolutely buzzing for the season. It's, uh, it's the Ange effect, isn't it? It is. It is the Ange effect. We'll run through that. We'll talk about Carter Vickers. We'll also talk about some of the shuffling that's happening behind the scenes as well. Harry Kuehl coming in. Kevin and I spoke about it on Monday. We'll have a wee chat about the, the jersey that James McKenzie is currently wearing and the one that Celtic have just launched um, as well. Anything else you want to talk about, let us know in the comments section. The point that Brian made about Rio Atati... Uh, I remember it was made um, a couple of weeks back by Alan Morrison talking about, Brian, the fact that he hasn't actually played much senior football. And when you consider that he's 24 years of age and he comes to Celtic having played 75 games at 24 years of age, that I think that shows when when you consider that um, McGregor can play up to 67 in a season. You know, that here's a guy that's come in. Very little football, really, if you think about a footballer's career maybe starting age 17 or 18 in the senior game. Um, six years under his belt, 75 games. So you're absolutely right. He's still inexperienced in that respect. Um, when you think about Hatati James, and uh, what Brian was saying there, the fact that we haven't seen him with a full pre-season or even a break. Uh, Maeda's another one. Um, Kyogo, hopefully uh, you'll see uh, an injury-free season by him. You've also got Yakimakis. Players like Carter Vickers who came in late um, in the transfer window, as did Starfelt. The integration of that, the galvanisation of all these guys who are already there, um, could you know potentially already put us in a in a better position before we bring anybody else in, um, and then obviously you then you glean that and you continue to build that and give extra layers to that by bringing in new players. So, is it an exciting prospect for you, even with what we have at the club currently, before we bring in any new bodies? Yeah, it's very exciting for myself. You said. Um, you asked the question, is it a rebuild that's not it's not a rebuild that's building upon we're building upon the success mm. of last season and we can only add more quality to the team. But this team can't get any worse because I don't think we're gonna have any major sales this so I don't see anyone really moving on. Um I think Carter Vickers, I want to see him with a full pre season. But the thing is we don't need to worry about the qualifiers, we don't need to worry about rushing the signings either. We can give the players time to bed in. There's no rush or hassle or urgency in this chance for You still want to get the business done a bit early, but the fact that you've got the safety net, that you can take your time with it and work out the smart moves, and just make things that much easier for Celtic this summer as well. I think uh, what you said there, the smart moves, Celtic, for me, and I mentioned this uh, on social media last week, uh, didn't get universal agreement, but hey, that's what it's all about. I think Celtic have been smarter in the transfer market, Brian, and I think we need to start talking about that as well, how we've utilised, uh, particularly for me, the loan market. Um, and when I suggested that last week, some of the feedback I was getting was, we've always done well in the loan market. I don't agree with that. I think that for the best part of 10 years, um, we have brought a lot of kind of players in who it was short-termism. Now, people say, but if they were a success, we would have signed them. That's not the case because we didn't have that that um, the buyout clause at the end of the loan deal on the majority of these players. And there's a whole list of them from your, the likes of Wacaso and, and Tonev and Inga Berge, and there's, there's loads of them. And I know that you know transfers... Um, and buying in players isn't an exact science in relation to um, every club gets it wrong from time to time. I think 
Angie's record so far has been spectacular. It's been sensational. That's been one of the main reasons for his success has been the recruitment. Um, but what's your thoughts, Brian, on the way that Celtic have, have changed their approach to recruitment? Because I think they have, and particularly with the loan market. Yeah, I think Michael Nicholson deserves massive credit, actually. Um, you know what, I think he's going to went about his business quite quietly. And there's definitely been a sea change in how they go about their business. The fact that you know, it's big contracts as well, four years, five years, um, make sure these guys come in and, you know, getting the, the, the more important thing was when you talk about the, the loan system changing, I think people misunderstand what you mean because, yeah, we've got Jot in, they've done a year and we've signed them or we'll potentially sign them right. But what's different is we already had the buyout thing put in. Mm-hmm. There, was a, there was a strategy in place for that year later. There was this, well, this is successful, we've got them for next season. These are things that have been put in place that never was before. Mm-hmm. And I get what people talk about, like, I think Robbie Keane's an example. He came in and he done really well. He had a personally successful season at Celtic or, or six months at Celtic. But, you know, after that, we just kicked the can down the road. If you keep using loan signings, and I think um, Lennon's last season, we had like five loan signings, I think. So as soon as they go, you have to place five players. Then all the players leave, and then that's when you've got the size rebuild he had. Yeah. And that's where, that's where that short-termism comes in. It doesn't matter if they're successful within the period they're in loan. That's almost irrelevant because if you need to replace them the next season, you can't keep having loan signings. It's never going to work. And essentially, like, it was a bit like, you remember when Edward in the first few games of the season under Ange, you could tell he was he was waiting for a move. Yeah. So yeah. Almost that wasn't wanting to put yourself quite into the the, the danger line wasn't wanting to get injured, wasn't it? You could see that in loan players as well. You've got to imagine they're thinking, well, I just want to day here, show up, and then go back to my own club. You, you, you can't have that. So at least we guys like CCV and Jota, there's a potential to buy outs pretty much arranged with the clubs. Mm-hmm. It's just formalising it then. And that's that's a very clever way of doing business. And I think what people need to understand as well is so say we spend you know 13 million on Jota and CCV. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio is a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. And we get, say, Souza, 
and a left back and his lonely wise. So we'll not spend money for them this season, but that fee's already arranged. So that next season it comes off of that budget. Yeah. You're, you're yeah. spending crazy money right away. You've got, it's quite a, a, I mean, Celtic's business model is quite risk averse anyway, but that fits into that quite well. Plus, you're getting success on the park, and that's the alignment that we've not had for a while. And I see Michael Nixon and Andrew, and of course, uh, deserve a few credit for that. No, you're right, because if you think about, um, let, let's talk about loans and how, how we've used them previously. So one of my biggest bugbears was the way that um, we, we didn't seem capable, James, of replacing Mikel Lustig, right? And there was a whole kind of succession of right-backs coming through, and the vast majority of them were just loan deals. So yeah, yeah, we brought in Jeremy Frimpong, he fitted the mould of a young player who, if he does well, he could kick on and we could make some money from him. And that's exactly what we did. But then you start thinking about, obviously, John Joe Kenny, uh, Maurice Bauer, um, Jeremy Tolyan. Now, th- these guys, they came in and there was a real short-termism about them. I mean, I never expected to keep any of the three of them, to be honest. Um, and I think if we were to bring in, like Brian says there, and it's not a right-back, let's say it was a left-back, and we were to bring them in, on loan this summer, you'd be far more confident of that deal this time around, wouldn't you, than in previous seasons. You'd be thinking, all right, so we've done it with Maeda, we've done it with Carter Vickers, hopefully we've done it with Jota. This is a more long-term, even though we're trying before we buy. Do you think there's been a change in your mindset when it comes to how we do loan deals, James? Yeah, it seems we've been a lot smarter. It seems like it's players that actually fit the mould and fit the system, where it was previous, in previous years, it just felt like it was just plugging a gap. Mm-hmm. It's oh well, we need a right back. Uh, he's available. We'll just we'll we'll get Maurice Bauer. We'll oh, our, our defence isn't looking very good. We'll get John Joe Kenny till the end of the season. Whereas Jota, he clearly fits Andy's system. Cameron Carter Vickers, experienced at a high level, good at playing out for the back. These are players that actually fit the mould and fit the system. It, it actually looks like Andy just picked the players out himself. Whereas in previous years, only the players been picked out for us. Mm. I think mean, that, that's the best way I can put it. I mean, you're right, Ronnie Dyler, right? We don't know the ins and outs of every deal, but do you think he had much to do with Castle and Tony coming to Celtic? Probably not. Um, and then you look at guys like uh, Ollie Burke and around about that time, Timo Weir, Charlie Masonda. And again, I, I'm not sure if we were bringing them in with a view to making the deals permanent. And obviously, all three of them um, did not become permanent fixtures at Celtic. Thanks everybody for getting involved in the chat. We do appreciate everybody's support getting on uh, the Axon Bulletin on a daily basis. Obviously, next season we will be looking uh, to cover every game as well um, in such a way that we could be at the game, but we won't be doing the Vox popping outside the stadium. So, hopefully, um, we will be able to do the match day coverage uh, from somewhere near to the stadium. And the Urban Culture comes in. I've been away for a week from here, got severe heebie-jeebies. Is that what it does to you? Um, is it like withdrawal symptoms? Wife wouldn't let me put it on as we had Gla- Glasgow visitors. Oh dear, so the wife isn't a fan. I'm sorry to hear that, Urban Culture, but welcome back anyway. And Keith Oakden is coming in from Plymouth. Where are you tuning in from? It's all over the world. It's a Celtic state of mind. doesn't matter where you are. Um, it doesn't matter where you're from. It's where you're at as Angelo Dundee once said, and then Noel, who agrees with James, are strengthening, not a rebuild, adding depth. Um, now, when we're looking at the uh, the situation we were in last season, Brian, we've already mentioned uh, Edward, um, and it's been mentioned today, we're not in a position where we're expecting to lose 
anybody that we would rather keep. Anybody who could be um, described as an asset to the team. So last season, we all knew that Christie and Edward and Ayer were on their way. Um, Ange was able to use Edward and Christie um, in the early, early games. I think Christie showed up really well. I've said that before. Edward, as you say, checked out, didn't want to get injured, didn't want to scupper any move. This time round, it would be an absolute shock if any of our top players were to leave. It's just not going to happen this time round as well. Brian, so let's have a wee think about that. Um, I think over the piece, there's always been a player in, in our team that you kind of expected at, you know, in the not-too-distant future to believe in. So be that Fraser Forster or Kieran Tierney or Dembele, Eduard. There was always Van Dyke, for example. You knew that the time is coming. I'm not getting that vibe at this moment in time. I can't see that, Brian, in the next couple of seasons as we sit here just now. Um, is that me being naive? Does it all depend on good showings in the Champions League this season? Could we be sitting here in a year's time thinking it's a matter of time before one of the top players goes? Or um, has Ange completely changed the culture of that at the club, do you think? I think it's kind of a mixture of all of the points you made there. I think the Champions League is the key one. Because everyone that's playing there just now wants to play in the Champions League. And as much as we love all the players, there's not many that are going to go straight for here into a club that's playing Champions League football other than Celtic. So why would they give that up? Also, you get the impression that, you know, we're big on talking about the culture at Celtic and the culture that Ange's sort of fostered there. We'd get these players in. You can tell they're enjoying it. You know, they like going to the work. They're playing good football. The players seem to go on me in a system they enjoy. Uh, they've got the crowd all backing them. They've had success. And now they've got to play in the Champions League. At this moment, why would you leave? Now, if on the Champions League and Kyogo scores a hat-trick against Real Madrid, home and away, you can imagine the bids coming in. But at this stage, I'm not surprised that there's, there's a lack of movement. Um, just to pick up on something James said, I think it was a, it was a, a really good point there. We talked about, um, when we were talking about the three right-backs, mm. and we had Ralston sitting there, or yeah. no, he wasn't getting played. You obviously, at the start of the season, when, when Ralston got a contract, we were all going, it's a bit controversial, Ange. That was a bit of a move. And then, wow, it's got full Scotland international. Um, excellent player, a fan's favourite. Mm. Um, now, I made a comment, I think it was last week, we were talking about the goalkeeping situation. And I think we're linked with Seedress coming in. And I said, well, what kind of message does that save to, like, Toby Oluwaiemi uh, in the serves? Yeah. Ralston, are we doing someone out of position mm-hmm. to say that we don't want to risk it? And it's just it popped in my head there we mentioned that, you know, if we don't give players a chance and don't pick them out, what's the point of them being there? So I think that might be reflective in this transfer window. I think there may be times where you're thinking, well, we need somebody else in this person or that. And it might be the case that somebody comes up. Um, so the, the goalkeeping, goalkeeping one's really interesting um, because I feel like if we sign a goalkeeper like we sign, if we sign Seacrest, I'll be delighted because I like them as a player, but it will make me wonder, does OYMA have a future? And if he goes and starts smashing it elsewhere, they would say, we've missed a trick there. Mm. Interesting sticker twist philosophy. And also I think just on the transfer strategy, I don't think it's changed that much in terms of how we're scouting players. The reason I say that is if you think about the players we're signing, project players, they were all usually about under 24 from leagues that were only fanciable, for teams we didn't know, mm. or quite low, you know, a million or so. That's almost every player Ange signed. You can describe them that way. The difference is, I think, Ange is the one picking them out of that selection. So he's going, right, I need guys that meet all this criteria 
but also fit my system and that's what he's accepted. So he's like, he's not gaming the system, but he's, he's, he's taking the restrictions placed upon him and doing it the right way and working within that. So that's why we like, we, when the likes of LOL coming in or any changes, you can imagine this will be quite consistent. You know, he's cleverly working within that system that we put in place. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's an important thing to point out that, you know, we've slaughtered some of these things we've had in the past, but I think the idea was good, but the strategy wasn't there. But it seems now like we've got a very clear strategy of these are the type of players we want. Yeah. But that remit of cheap, young, they wait for the system. Well, I, I just think it's, it's something we, dis- we discussed on here a few times previously. And I'm going to throw this one to yourself, James. Colin Watt and I did a show a while back and we looked at the what we regarded as being the best Celtic team from the players who had appeared in the last decade, let's say. And the players that made the, the final 11s, because there were two different teams, of course, but the players who made the final 11s were all still current. So although it was a team from within the last 10 years, it's not as if you're saying, what's your best Celtic team you've ever seen and you're Danny McGrain at right back it was guys who could still be playing in the same team and uh, the point at the end of that show was if Celtic's uh, approach to recruitment was tweaked in, in any kind of way where you could get a Wanyama and a Van Dyke and a Denaya and Paddy Roberts and Fraser Foster and you know Dembele and Edward all in the same team then you look at your kind of aspirations slightly differently on a European stage and it could be the only way that you can progress. And I think I've come to realise that you either get extremely lucky with all those players coming together at the same time, or you completely change that strategy of buy in, put them on a platform, sell them within three years for a big profit. And because we've all kind of accepted over the peace, James, that, that that is where Celtic are. That's how we've kind of worked the system and we've worked it really well. And we've had to work it like that because of all the restrictions in Scottish football finance preventing us from making income streams um, like clubs in England, for example. So the selling of players has always been kind of like a massive part of our income stream. And I've always said, you know, wouldn't it be great to bring someone in and that person at the moment is obviously Ange, who might want to stick around for four or five years and build a team rather than every couple of years or every year selling their top players. Um, We're not selling any top players this summer. I'd be astonished if we did. Is it possible at a club like Celtic, do you think, James, to have someone like Cairns for four or five years and build a team over that period? No, you've just got to look at the clubs that we thought were on a similar level to us maybe five or six years ago. You just look at Ajax. They had they kept Eric Ten Hag for maybe, what was it, five or six years? They kept them, and he that was after they took him to a Champions League semi-final. But I think the way football is, there's a food chain of football these days. It's just extremely difficult for a club of Celtic's stature, our standing in football at the moment, to be able to convince these players to stay when they've got the allure of the Premier League riches or the Galacticos across Europe. It's just hard to keep a hold of these players when there's a pathway to the money and the allure of the Premier League right there waiting for them. Absolutely. And I think the only way that you can maybe extend their stay is by doing something in the Champions League. So it's like a catch-22 scenario, isn't it? Um, a, a player's name came to my mind, Brian, when you were talking about Kyogo scoring hat-tricks against Real Madrid. And it would be good to replay that in the future if it comes true, because you have been a bit of a axe on Nostradamus in the past, let's not forget. Uh, two players who scored against Real Madrid in the Champions League, who we later signed, were Timo Puke 
and Harold Bratback. So those two guys had done that. No a hat-trick as such. I think, actually, <laughs> I'm pretty sure uh, Bratback scored a double against Real Madrid. You need to check that. Um, but it was Champions League. Those two players scored against Real Madrid. Celtic went out and bought them. And the rest, as they say, is history. But another uh, name that came to my mind, God knows how, because I thought it had kind of like been airbrushed out in my, my memory. Who remembers Rivaldo Coetzee? Remember we were about to sign him oh, from Ajax Cape Town? Remember that? And then, did he fail a medical? Something happened at the last minute. Was he a medical or a work permit or something like that? It wasn't even the actual Ajax. It was like a South African Academy version of Ajax. It was something strange. Ajax Cape Town or something strange like that. That's right. That's right. And um, obviously, the deal fell down. He's um, a South African internationalist, like you say. And he plays with uh, Mamelodi Sundowns, FC, um, who are obviously a massive club in South Africa. So there you go, that was just a wee player's name that pops into my mind. But the reason I bring it up, Brian, is we're going to be linked with so many players and it's going to come to nothing. Um, You've already mentioned the fact that you like uh, Big Vinny, as you've called him. Um, What's your thoughts on the likes of Seagrass? Let's start with the goalkeeper then. Um, You have concerns about the fact that he's, he's going to stop the development of someone else. The, the kind of rumblings this morning, and I don't know what the social media chat is today, I've not had a chance to check, but the rumblings we've been hearing is that um, it is progressing, that deal with Seagrist. We are going to bring them in. They're talking, um, obviously, medicals, etc. Um, and I, I look at that, as we sit here, we've got Joe Hart, Scott Bain or Seagrist as number two and three, Chobe Obalayemi as your number four backup. And we've also got Connor Hazard. So we've still got five goalies with a sixth out on loan. So what do you do with the goalkeeper situation? If we're going to run through the squad here, Brian, starting at the goalie, um, if you bring in Seagrist, what do we do with the rest of them? Do you do you keep Toby? Do you put him out on a development loan? Do you push Connor Hazard on a permanent elsewhere? And what does the future hold for Scott Bain? So where are we with the goalkeeper scenario now? So I think being staying, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think Ange seems to like him. He's one of those players, I think, is probably sort of steady Eddie at the back just in case. But I think he's going to be very much number three. Um, Seagrass, as I say, my concerns are more around our academy structure. But as a keeper, I think he's, he was a standout last season. I think he's a really, really good keeper. Not sure who he is with the ball at his feet, but if we're interested in talks, then Ange's also saying enough. And I would, I would trust him as a backup. Again, big big unit as well, physical presence, strong shot stopper. Mm. So I, th- I think Hazard, though, I don't think he's got a future at Celtic. I, I, I've been on record as saying I don't think anyone that's currently out and has got a future at Celtic. Um, I, I think that'll be very much a clear out. Um, with Toby, I would like to see him going loan if he's not going to feature, because otherwise, like, you play in these low leagues all you want, but it needs to be tested in a, a real competitive you know, team in a spotlight on him, a team in the championship or something. He is quite yeah. highly rated by all accounts. Um, I mean, I think he's under 19's England keeper, isn't he? Or under 21's. So he's, um, he is highly rated. So I would like him to go on loan. Or if I was picking, I'd have Hart, Segrist, and Olawayeni. It's my three. Mm. Uh, Ain could go, but I don't see that happening. So I think realistically, Toby goes out on loan and Segrist comes in. Right. 
So I'm looking at uh, Obaliemi then, James, and I'm thinking a completely different uh, player, of course, but I'm thinking of the stage that Dembele was at this time last year. We didn't know he was going to get injured, but there, there definitely was um, a point in that young player's career where he really had to go out there and get games and he had to go out and get that loan deal. It didn't happen. We heard that loan deals were put in front of him and he refused because it wasn't a high enough uh, level. He ended up playing for the B team at a lower level than the club he had been offered to. But I think we're now in that situation where if we're bringing in Segrist and as Brian says, and seems to like Bain, your top three's hearts, Bain, Segrist, you've got to get Toby out on loan somewhere, haven't you? And if that's the case, um, Connor Hazard, 24, I think he's been at Helsinki now for about six or seven months playing games, Northern Ireland International. You try and push him on and whoever the, the young goalkeeper is coming through plays for the B team. Do you think that would be a... A wise, a, a wise way of uh, dealing and utilising your goalkeepers. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Um, just on the loan spell you're talking about, maybe loan them out. I don't know, would a loan be the best of them? Because we've loaned a lot of players over recent years. There's been a lot of players where a loan spell out for Celtic has helped push them towards the first team. Because I think uh, it's Scott minimal. Robertson's, Luke O'Connell's, Dilly sort yeah. of won the last sort of five or six years would be Christopher Ayer. Mm-hmm. He was obviously a standout anomaly. But in an ideal world, I've already mentioned the podcast quite a few times, I'm not the biggest Scott Bean fan. Uh, I would rather if I'd rather we got rid of him in an ideal world, but I think he's fairly settled. He's well liked around the training ground, so he's going to stay. Um, but I, I would be a fan of taking Segrist then. I think he's a he's a good goalkeeper, solid for the Premiership. I don't know if I'd be confident with him at a European or a Champions League game, but then again, I wouldn't be confident with any of our goalkeepers apart from Joe Hart in a Champions yeah. League game. Mm-hmm. So I think as a backup, it would be. Fairly solid. I think he had a good clean sheet record for Dundee United as well compared to the amount of games he played. So for the Scottish League, he'd be very solid for a backup. It's an interesting point you make there about loanees again uh, going the other way, James, because I think in fairly recent times, like you say, Chris Ayer, I think Ryan Christie did well up at Aberdeen and Callum McGregor's the obvious one when he went to North County. I think that was about like 10 years ago now. Well, yeah. it was in North County, was it? It was here with Grealish. Yes, yeah. aye. And, I mean, there's not been many others, but even if you just look at goalies specifically, Ross Duan, um, highly rated goalkeeper, he ends up going out on three, four, maybe even more loan deals, never comes back. Same thing happened um, with, um, who was the other player that, that's that's left in this pre-season, Brian, another goalkeeper, who was playing with the Bees last, last season. Ryan Mullen. Company. Ryan Mullen. So there's another guy who loaned out, loaned out, and then he leaves. Looks like Conor Hazard's going the same way, and I think there is maybe a fear that Toby Olayemi, you know, if you start loaning him out, it might it might go down the same it's route. We don't Connor really want that. Cycle. Yeah, 
Nah, you, you really don't want that to happen. I mean, when was the last time we actually developed a keeper from academy to first team and he played 50 games, let's say, or more? It's been a long the, time. The thing to bear in mind, though, is that the issues with the academy are sort of legacy issues and mm. the academy, by its nature, can't be fixed in a season or two because you need to get these guys young and develop them over years and get them into the team. Andrew's only been here a year. So I know in the past, one of these players has not worked or, but then... For Ange coming in and changing things as much as he has in a year, I think you start he have a real hand in the young guys coming in, and then that academy will fit. Has that continuity thing I always talk about? Mm. I think that was so. It could be that none of this current crop academy players fit his system or their attitude works. Maybe he wants them to work at all, so they won't come through. And that's no Ange stopping the academy. That's the fact that he's inherited this, mm. and it might not be his standard. So that's something to bear in mind as well. Because when we talk about yeah, loan players maybe blowing them out has not worked and you've got your uh, is it Ken McEnroy just went to command up there things like that or releasing these players it's something that, that's been a kind of historic issue and a long term issue that yeah it's only you can only way you can fix that is also long term mm-hmm. so that, that, that I think it's a bit harder to judge in terms of how it's going to look in a couple of years I think maybe in three years thing we can then see how if Ange has changed that system or if that academy is, is working again. But I do think it, it almost needs, you know, with maybe with a few exceptions, sort of bumped down and started again under the, the watchful eye of an Ange. So I, I think it's it's a false equivalency comparing what was to what is because it's so different now, I think. Yeah, no, it's a good point. I mean, going right back to, I remember looking at the, the amount of players who were freed in the pre-season after Jockstein took over and you're talking not just double figures it was closer to 20 players who had obviously been part of a previous regime um, so you're spot on with that Brian Scott how comes in he wants to start the wee song Jota Hartman soon I feel it in my fingers I feel it in my toes um, that's not the kind of song we'll be sitting on, uh, singing on that axiom is it? Wet 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 the wets <laughs> I don't all around me <laughs> I don't think they're of a Celtic state of no. mind. Um, Clyde, Clyde Bank fans, aren't they? Aye. So if we're looking then to move into the defensive area, right back, I'm looking at that now, and as much as I love Tony Ralston and his uh, development, his resurgence, resurrection, um, all of the above has been the story of the season for me, one of the stories of the season last season. He's a second choice behind Juranovic. And then I look at the fact that we've got Stephen Welsh who can play right back as a backup, like a third choice. Um, you're, you're grimacing a wee bit there, Brian. Are you happy with that? Or do you think we're going to strengthen in that area? Because I don't think it's an obvious area that, that we would need to strengthen in. Uh, I don't think we need to strengthen that. I think that's somewhere where we could look at is there anyone coming through or getting someone younger in is, is to build up. Um, but uh, no Welsh at right back for me. I like Welsh, I like him a lot actually. I think he's a bit underrated, but I just get Gary Caldwell vibes when you talk about Welsh at right back. Never like Caldwell, when I love player I liked actually, but he, he was absolutely mother at right back, so I, I, I can't have that one. But um, it'd be interesting to see how Montgomery fits. Mm. Have you a future as a. Because if you imagine, we're, we're almost definitely going to get a left back in, hopefully, of Juranovic type quality, with Taylor behind him. I mean, is Montgomery a. a third option there because he has played a decent amount of games under Ange although he did go on loan yeah. um, so it'll be interesting to see how that one works if we get a similar type player um, at right back but I don't know he'll we'll, we'll, be desperate to buy anybody in um, 
I think as well, we've seen in the past that he, he only done it once or twice, but he's changed their back three on occasions as well. So there's always that option. But no, I, I, I would hate to see. I know he's done it, but well, for me, at right back. Because remember, maybe in a different team, but he's been inverted fullback, so he then really pushed him into centre mid. Yeah. And I don't know about the, the, the big man's passing ability. But uh, he's good in a half, but I don't know about centre mid or right back. No, it's a good point when you consider how we utilise the, the fullbacks, Brian. Um, when you look at the squad uh, and you realise that Stephen Welsh is your, your third choice right back, James, do you uh, grimace in the same way that Brian Degnan did? Or is it one of the things we can run with it? We can actually run with what we've got in terms of the right back? Because it's no position that I think needs strengthened. It's, it's certainly not one on my list that I think we need to bring in another right back. Are you happy where we are with the right backs? Yeah, I'm I'm fairly comfortable with Juranovic and Ralston as the options are right back. If you look at the Celtic eleven and the depth, right back doesn't really scream out. I think that's probably one of our most secure positions because Ralston is perfectly good backup for Scottish football as we've seen. He's been brilliant this season and capped at Scotland now and got his first international goal. Then you've got Juranovic who was an absolute steal for us. He's creation international right back. And we saw him just absolutely held it down against one of the, like Kylian Mbappe, one of the best players on the planet in his own backyard. So it's not very often that a Celtic player has put in a performance like that on the international stage. So I think we're fairly comfortable at right back. I love Juranovic's confidence. It's not cocky. Um, he's a bit of a character and as a result of that and his great performances, the Celtic fans have really taken to him. Uh, the left-back position, I agree with you, Brian, is uh, of more of a priority. And... Um, I think we're in a position now where our two full-backs in Ralston and, and Taylor have stepped up several levels, I think, both players last season under Ange Postecoglou. Um, they both can fit into this inverted full-back role pretty comfortably, I think. Taylor has come in... In fact, both players in their Celtic careers have come in for a lot of stick individually, and it seems as though they've come through that. I'm not sure if that's the case with, with Taylor as such, but I don't think that they're viewed as being weak links as maybe previously they were. Um, but even in saying that, I still reckon that we're, we're going to strengthen. I mean, you look at some of the players that have been linked, there is quite a, there are quite a few left-backs being linked to Celtic at the moment. Um, and, and indeed, I think the first player that was linked this pre-season was Jihazi, um, the Iraqi left-back from Hammerbay, and there's been a few others added on to that. Adam Montgomery, I think that's an interesting one because he was being utilised not just domestically but in Europe and then all of a sudden he's getting loaned out. Um, Scales, we've got to mention Scales, he was brought in. He's played all of his games, I think, in the left-back area. Um, he might have came on as a sub at left wing-back, I think, maybe just ahead of the left-back. But I don't, I don't think that he's going to be in the plans because he wasn't even making the match day squads near the end of last season. So you've got Taylor, and then there's a void there. Um, left back, for me, Brian, it's been a, a position, people go on about the fact that we've never properly replaced Kieran Tierney. And I, I think, I get I get that, I completely get it, because we tried to bring in Ball and Golly, which has been a bit of a, uh, a disaster for many reasons, not all football related. And then we bring in Greg Taylor, and you think, yeah, Greg Taylor, again, domestically, is a very solid option, but we still need to bring in that quality, the Juranovic-style quality on the left-hand side. Is it a priority for you, Brian? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I think 
And it's, it's, I actually think Greg Taylor is a wee bit underrated, but I still think he's brilliant, if that makes sense. He's like, a, like him and Ralston are good players that can play great, but we need great players in. And I think Juranovic should potentially be a great player. I think he's 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 got something special about him. The other thing as well is, and I, I, I know where to go back to the goalkeeper situation, but I don't want players to come in and just be backup. There's got to be players that can come in and potentially replace. Mm. So if you're staying a centre-half, I don't want to stay in a centre-half as backup to Starfield. I want a centre-half that's going to compete or take his place. I want a centre-mid that's going to compete take the place of one of the centre-mids because that's the type of sort of competition you need, especially as you head into the Champions League. I think Greg Taylor's shown attitude-wise if he has to step up and work hard, he's, he's got the ability to do it. I think him and Braulston share, share very similar qualities. Their attitude's absolutely spot on. Always has been. And they seem like good guys, really strong trainers. Um, but you, what you want is you, you kind of want to be a position where maybe Cal Mack aside because he's captain, no one's position safe. Mm. You want as many players that can just throw in through your second is as strong as your first. Now again, that's going to be hard to get in one transfer window but that's where I'd like us to get to so if we are signing players I want it to be players that could potentially replace the players who are in a position currently um, but left back's an easy one that's an absolute must I think I didn't mention when we are talking about right backs Brian sorry um, Osaze Urugidi because obviously the one game he has played for Celtic has He's been a <laughs> but you know again I just it was for me Urugidi and Shaw were legacy, legacy signings um, inherited by Ange Postacoglu, who I think, if given a chance, will shell them out and, and move them on. Um, the left-back scenario then, James, if we start the new season having not brought in a left-back, would you be pretty disappointed? Yeah, I, I would be pretty pretty disappointed. I think for European football, if Celtic are really serious about competing, they'll recognise that a, a better option at left-back is needed. For me... Taylor is about the same quality as Tony Ralston, maybe just a little bit better. Mm. What I would like us to get is a Juranovic on the left-hand side. I know that's very hard to find because Josip Juranovic was an absolute steal given the full-back market. But if we can get someone his quality on that sort of flank, then we'd be very good because in a lot of the big games, specifically the Rangers games and the European games, I think teams when they were planning to play against Celtic, they would target that left hand side. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know if it's because of Taylor's height or maybe they just see him as a weak link. But if teams are looking at Celtic and every single time they play against us, they always go for the same weak link. I think that surely says it all about where we need to improve. Mm-hmm. No, you're you're spot on. I did notice that particularly on the European stage as well. I'm keen to bring in a few more comments. Egyptian King, welcome to the show you're watching on YouTube. Seagrist is therefore a no-brainer for me to sign. And again, we might be in a position in actual fact where Joe Hart can be rested. That's not something we had the luxury of doing last season. But I remember he almost pulled up against Dundee United. And it was, you know everybody's thinking to themselves, right, this is the worst case scenario. It showed you the lack of confidence we had in Bain at that time. We just wanted... Uh, Joe Hart to go through his paces and and, cont- and thankfully he did um, there was a couple of occasions where he didn't play last season uh, didn't Barkas play against St Johnson on Boxing yeah. Day aye 
He did. That famous performance. Yep, that famous exactly. Uh, we are going to do a special on Barcast talking about all these uh, tremendous performances because we got flack for saying he was rotten. Before and Urban, <laughs> the Urban culture. Bain replaced Beaton on a social convener. Yes, he did. I mean, Tommy Johnson was the social convener in Martin O'Neill's team, but you know, it gets to the point of he's maybe popular, but you need something a wee bit more than that. I think. Brown Warrior, welcome back. Scott Robertson has been retained and looks to be on the same pathway as Callum McGregor. He's played a lot of football, has Robertson. Now, Brian, you've said a few times, everybody out on loan, they're not going to have a future at Celtic. Would you make an exception in Robertson's case? 20 years of age, over 70 games, senior level with three other clubs on loan? I would like to. Um, it'd just be interesting to see if he, you know, I know he's, is it, was it Doncaster, was it? He's been at Doncaster, Barnsley and Crewe, I think. I'm going to double-check that. But he's had three spells out on loan. I mean, it's good yeah, he's got experience age. Um, it's good he's got his experience for his age. It's just... The only reason I'm a wee bit cynical about it is... Actually, to be fair, I thought he was older. I thought he was 22 or 23. So, mm-hmm. like he's only 20, maybe, bodes well. Better for him. Um, it all depends. I, is, he got, is he better than what we've got? Is he better than O'Reilly, Turnbull, Hitati or McGregor? No. Is he better than Nidiguchi? We don't know. And this is my point. I, I just don't see these guys coming in and overtaking anybody. And I don't know if we need squad players at the moment. So that's why I'm kind of more cynical about it. But listen, if the guy comes in and follows the McGregor path, then brilliant. I really want, like, I seem as if I'm negative about the academy, right? And I'm a wee bit, but it's not because I don't want to be. I want it to be great. Mm. I want, you know, we, I would love if we get to a point where we've got 11 guys that are all academy players, you know, Competing in the Champions League, that would be a dream come through. I just think we're very far away from it at this stage. So that's my hesitancy. But Robertson, you know, it'd be good to see how he does, but... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. He's no better than what we've got and I don't know enough to be super excited about it, if I'm honest. Well, as, as you were saying there, James, it wasn't Barnsley, it was actually Gillingham. He went to Gillingham, Doncaster and Crewe. He's played just under 60 games. Um, 20 years of age, he is contracted up until, in fact, he's just entered the last year of his deal, which is an interesting one. Um, where are we with Scott Robertson if we're, if we're looking at the, the players coming back from their loan spells, James? Do you think um, it would benefit him? Because you get an impression if he goes out on loan again, you're basically just winding down your contract. So Brian makes the point, is he going to get game time at Celtic this season? And the answer probably is no. Yeah, I don't really see him getting game time. I've not seen much ranting and raving about him for the sort of past year in these loan spells. I remember, I don't know if it was last season or the season before, where everyone was bigging him up. I think it might have been the, the Gillingham loan spell. Was that the first one he went on? Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a lot of talk about him there. But over the last year, you've not really heard a peep about Scott Robertson out on loan, I think. The fact that his contract is up at the end of the season, I think he's just either going to go on a loan move and fizzle out or so a B team, then we won't renew him, which is sad because I, I know Neil Lennon was a he was a big admirer of Scott Robson. I remember it was a dead rubber game against Cluj in the group stage, 
Scott Robertson got one at which uh, to trust a young player who I don't think he'd made an appearance for Celtic at the time for a game like that it shows he was very highly rated but it's sort of just fallen by the wayside as the regimes have changed yeah I think he was 18 when he made that that appearance and it was his debut uh, and he played pretty well that night if I remember right I always refer to that game in relation to people's uh, revisionism when it comes to Craig Gordon because I remember watching Gordon got a rare start that night and he was he was rotten as well he was murdered and at, at that point every Celtic fan in the stadium would have um, been of the understanding that Gordon's Celtic career was over but he, he leaves and plays a few good seasons elsewhere and all of a sudden we should never let him go uh, he'll make two or three good saves, but then he'll, he'll cost you a goal in the same game. So that, that says everything you need to know about Craig God. Yeah, absolutely. Centre-halves then. Um, yeah, Carter Vickers signed permanently. Uh, he was unveiled, much to everybody's uh, delight. I've said a few times already, Brian, he was the one I was more concerned about. I'm not saying Jota's a done deal yet, but Carter Vickers, I was thinking, A, he was the priority of the two. If you if you really and it was like choosing between your two kids or your two pets, but yeah, I would have gone for Carter Vickers. Uh, but but B, he was the one I was least confident in actually getting on a permanent. Tremendous bit of business by Celtic, I think. Uh, but what else do we need to do in the central defensive areas, Brian? I think we, we need a really strong partner for him. Um, I like you know Starfield with a good season, but I think just for that level above, you need someone to come in who. It is. I mean, Carter Vickers, if he'd have been injured, it'd have been a very different defensive performance this season. You know, like it just certainly would have. He's head and shoulders above anything else we've got as a half, and anything else we've had for a wee while. So we need someone of that quality partner beside him. If you get that in, you know, you've got Starfield, Welsh there, and then maybe in Maria, the boy uh, Boston Law coming up for the B team, I think that's fairly decent. Um, but you really need. You don't need someone to cover, but you need a real, real strong starter. The other thing is as well, and we're making the assumption that Julien's going, um, based on some of his comments and the fact he's not featured, but you would need someone who is as dangerous in the box as him, because defensively, more so attacking, he was such a threat to set pieces, Julien, because his height, his presence, we would need that, because as much as we love Carter Vickers, and he had scored a couple of very famous goals now, but He's not the tallest guy. He doesn't want loads of headers in the, the opposition box. Um, although he's defensively sound. So it'd be interesting. I'd, I'd like someone really good with the ball at feet, tall presence. Um, that, I think that's a must. See, the thing, this is a wish list, right? It'd be great to you know tick every single box that we're, we're sitting here talking about. Um, but when we're, when we're looking at the central defensive situation as it stands, James... We've got the two first picks, Carter Vickers and Starfield. As Brian says, they, they forged a very good partnership last season. However, I do agree that had Carter Vickers dropped out at any point, then I'm starting to get worried because you know, his replacement would have inevitably been either near Beaton or Stephen Welsh because Julian was so far out the picture. He gets 20 minutes against Wraith Rovers. That's his entire campaign last season. So you're now looking at that situation and you think, well, who's the backups between... Uh, what we've got at the club and Julien get will get a mention Stephen Welsh will get a mention Liam Skills has never played centre-half for Celtic so I don't even think he gets a mention so although we're really delighted that Carter Vickers has come in we do need another centre-half don't we and then if you think to yourself if you're going to bring another centre-half in are you bringing in someone as backup or are you bringing in our first pick 
Um, and, you know, the, the player I like the look of is Koe Takura, uh, the Man City player. He's been linked, but the, the fee that apparently they'll be looking for is in excess of five million. Yeah, going back and after him as well. And, so, and so it's going to be a tough... To exactly. I mean, do you go to that degree, James, where you're in a battle and you may end up paying another five or six million pound and then you think, well, he's not a backup now. He's he's going to be a first choice as well. Or are you buying a backup, maybe a more of a younger player, something we've been uh, maybe talking about getting away from recently? Yeah, I, I think... I would be looking at a back. I don't think a starting centre-back is a priority for Celtic. I think there's lots of other positions that need attention before a centre-back. I would say the left-back needs more attention. The defensive midfield needs more attention. Maybe even a right-winger mm-hmm. if you had added on with Joe. But I think well, we were talking about a presence. I think Dean Murray, is he not very tall? He wouldn't really have the confidence of presence. He's, he's just a young player, but I'm certain he's very, very tall. So you could maybe, I'd like to see him get a run out in the friendlies, see what sort of impact he can have. But I'd be looking at sort of backup because Carter Vickers and Starfield are very separate. Do, do you want to split them up and end that sort of partnership? Do you want to keep them together as long as you can? Because if, if it's not broke, you don't want to fix it. That's the best way to put it. Yeah, one one point ninety three meters. I don't know what that is in feet and inches. If anybody is a mathematical genius, then please let us know. That is the height of Dane Murray, um, and it's a good point though because you've got Dane Murray with first team experience, although forced at the time, probably no ideal. I thought he'd done okay. Um, you've got uh, Lawal, as you've mentioned, Brian, who seems to have really stood out last season, as did uh, a few other players in the B team. Um, so you, you're asking that question: If you're bringing in a centre half, is it a first pick? If it is, you're going to be doing. Um, a battle with the likes of Mushin Gladback for a player like Itakura. He's, he's a quality player. You're going to be spending a lot of money. If we move into the midfield, then it is defensive midfield players that we're being linked with largely. Um, but going back to a point that James made there, Brian, how are you feeling about the two wing areas? Because, yeah, I'm looking at my chickens, but let's say Jota comes in. You've got Jota and Maeda on the left, your third choice being Mikey Johnson. On the right-hand side, you've got Forrest and, and uh, Abada. Abada being the first choice, of course. And, of course, you've got Jota who can switch between right and left. Is that a position, right or left, that you think Celtic are looking to strengthen as well? I would imagine so. I think you, you saw that they've the, the switched wings, but what you saw is they've either played Jota and Abada or Maeda and Jota. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at the way Abada and Maeda are, they're very much sort of, they're not traditional wingers. You know, they don't drink about it. The, the, their crosses are decent, but really their strength is coming at the back post as a second striker. That's why they're scoring a lot of goals. Maeda, obviously, his strength is pressing for the front. So he's real key to how we play. But I think the dynamic works when you've got one of them and then a winger like Jota, who's a bit more traditional, a bit jinkier. Now, James Forrest, I don't think he can do that anymore. I don't think that's his game. Um, I think he's still good to have in the squad, but I don't think he's game. So I would imagine we'd be looking at someone like a more traditional winger coming in. Mm. I think that would be a, a, a valuable thing. Um, and again, I want to be someone that can compete for a first place. I, I, I never get the idea of signing guys that are squad players. I just always think, what's the point? You know, if you're coming to be a squad player and cover for somebody, the other the competitions know there because they, they know that's what you're there for. So mm. I'd like someone that can come and compete and um, it can rotate. Because the other thing is, well, it's all right saying, you know, I think 
says you've got to play most games. But if he's injured first game of the season, you're suddenly left with Forrest, Maeda, Abada. And against Champions League teams, you need a bit of flair and a bit of difference. So you do. It's all right. And again, James said the, the partnership with Starfield and Carter Vickers, which was excellent. But again, if we spoke about Carter Vickers, gets injured towards ligaments in the first day of the season. Are going to be happy in the Champions League with Welsh and I'm, I'm, touch, I'm touching everything in the studio that's wooden at the moment, Brian, because um, obviously Carter Vickers and Jota getting injured would be disastrous for Celtic. But we need um, to, it would be as disastrous if we've got someone of equal quality mm-hmm. that can come and replace them, a part of them is my point. And I think we need to be clever and ambitious with our signings because this idea of just stocking up the squad, I don't think benefits anybody. And I think you can see that with the types of signings like Name Shaw, Urigidi, McCarthy, mm. Will and Miller. Mm. So I think it's an important distinction to make. Yeah, definitely. I remember just before the Michelin Games last uh, season, if you look back on the kind of week leading up to that, there was uh, a point made and it was uh, what if something happens to Beaton? <laughs> and of course it did. It did happen to Beaton and it was a disaster. Um, but it is interesting when you start to, to strip it back, like you say there, I mean, what is your backup if, if we get an injury or someone? Um, doesn't sign and, and you know your backups Mikey Johnson on the left you know Owen Moffat got some games on the right hand side last season are these players really going to step up to the levels that Celtic want want to be uh, performing um, uh, James again you know maybe not obviously but do you think it is a, a position that we're still looking at to bring someone in I mean the best case scenario would be you bring someone in like Joe who can play both wings or Maida who can play both wings um, is that something that you think is is on the shopping list I think, much like centre-back, it's not a priority, but it would be naive just to ignore the position altogether. I think it's clear to everybody, James Forrest's best days are behind him. His legs, he's kind of losing his legs a bit. But he's, he's still a good finisher. He can still pop up with important moments. We saw that last season. But it would be smart to look at other options at right wing. I'm not too sure how good we are there for the Celtic B team. The more position is Rocco Vala? Is he? Is that a striker? He is. He can. He can. striker. He's. He can play. A, he can play a ten. Um, but again, with, with, with Vata, he's another one we've not actually mentioned today. I think he is in that that mould. Um, Brian's mentioned uh, Lawal, and I think Vata is probably in that that category as well. When when did these players start getting introduced to the first team? Uh, and get some game time because you'd think that if last season the, the players that were used forced the, the likes of Moffat uh, and Dane Murray etc you would think this season it would be the, the time for the likes of Atta, uh to make an appearance do you think I mean he's only 17 at this stage no, he's very young. so he is still but again I, I just don't want to be in a situation where we're talking about him in the same vein as Ben Doak you want, it, you want him to see a pathway at Celtic don't you because I mean Again, it's difficult to say because we've seen Dembele leaving after he was one of Europeans' golden kids. Um, Vata looks to be the real deal and you want to make sure that he's the real deal in the, the green and white hoops, don't you? Um, I think we've already spoken about the defensive midfield uh, scenario and the fact that Celtic have been linked with quite a few. What's your thoughts, O'Brien, on, on the striker situation? Because we've now got a scenario with not that long old boxing day but we've had to play Joey Dawson. We're now in a position where we've got Kyogo, Yakamakis, who else? Do you still think we need another striker? It depends. I think this depends what happens with the wings because obviously Abada can come in and play there, Mieda can come in and play there. 
So I think he would probably say another winger before he signs another striker mm-hmm. because you can rotate that in quite nicely. And then you've also got to sign John, uh, Johnny Kenny, um, who actually, I think, he's not the most prolific, but physically it looks the part. He's very, very fast. You know, quite good with the press, so he could always maybe come in. So I, I don't think he'll sign a striker, just based on the fact that Maeda and Abada can both play as a striker if you had to. I still think, though, that's why you need another high-quality winger. And guys like Vata, I'd like to see him try and maybe play, you know, a few cup games or maybe play domestically. But if you're asking me if I think he can start a Champions League game, no. And I think that's the level we need to be aiming for now. Absolutely. What's your thoughts, James? I think you were agreeing with Brian there regarding the striker scenario. Is it does it come down to um, the recruitment on the wings and the fact that we do have guys like Maeda and Abada who can cover it centre forward if necessary? I think we're we're fairly solid for striker. That's I would say if you look across the board, that's the position we least need to worry about. You've got Kyogo and Giacomakis, then you've got Maeda who he can play left wing and striker both naturally. Then even a bad I could fill in a role there, not as naturally as the other three, but he can still do a job there as I've seen over the course of the season. I think it would be good to have maybe some of the youth players as an emergency backup, but yeah, yeah. that's just if disaster struck where both Kyogo, Jack and Marcus, and then even Maida and Abada were injured, which is very unlikely. Yeah, Rocco Vata indeed can play attacking midfield, second striker, and also on the right-hand side. So let's hope that he is introduced into Angie's plans. It's an interesting time to be a Celtic supporter. We're in far better spirits than we were this time last year. We're looking forward to any further announcements by the club uh, in relation to incomings, and hopefully uh, one of those will be the one and only Jota. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, everybody, for getting involved in the comments section. Um, if you are watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to the channel. There are lots of interesting videos coming up on YouTube, and it's all free of charge. We upload videos on a daily basis. All that's left for me to say thank you, Brian Degnan and James McKenzie, for joining me once again on A Celtic State of Mind. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. 
the best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.